There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you'll only look Then you will see On WCN-TV Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me today here on WCN-TV. I'm Pastor Mike. We've got two wonderful guests here that you're just really going to love. By the end of this conversation, you'll feel like you know them, just like I do after reading their book. (laughs) (laughs) Despite conventional stories about divorce rates among Christians, and there's a lot of statistics out there, being the same as non-Christians, and I've heard that repeated for decades. The fact of the matter is that it's actually lower. It is, yes. The voices among Christians are lower. And and I wish more pastors would begin to say that and give hope instead of uh, despair. Dr. Ross Holtz and his wife, Athena Dean Holtz, share their own story in this book. And it was, it's a, <laughs> and it's still being written. But it's a wonderful story, um, together for a purpose. Ross lost his wife of 40, almost 50 years, while Athena escaped a a dangerously uh, abusive marriage. So in their book, they share that journey, that journey to to coming together as husband and wife and um, high hopes and great confidence, a lot of challenges, things that they didn't expect to see. And as I read it, I thought, well, yeah, I wouldn't have expected that, but I understand why some people react the way they react. Dr. Ross was the founding pastor of the Summit Church. And uh, because I've read the book, I know that you've merged with, with another body of believers. Yep. Um, holds a Master of Religious Studies, a Doctor of Divinity degree from Columbia Evangelical Seminary. He's ordained with the Evangelical Free Church of America and the author of Are You in the Game or Are You in the Way? <laughs> That's a great title. Mm-hmm. I like that. Athena is the founder and publisher of Redemption Press, named Publisher of the Year by the 2022 Soul Cafe Awards, Best Female Podcast Host of the Year in 2021. For her all things podcast she's the author of full circle coming home to the faithfulness of god she is the founder of she writes for him writers events ross and athena thank you for joining me today on wcn tv nice to be here great to be with you well that was a compelling story from from beginning to end 
And I find that is true nearly always when somebody is sharing their life story. Um, I've not found yet uh, somebody telling their story in print that hasn't been interesting to me because people live unique lives, even though some people don't think they, there's anything unique about them. Isn't that true? Yeah, it's true. So many people have amazing stories that you just, you can't make that stuff up. That's right. And then you hear what God does in the midst of it. And it just blows my mind every time I get to hear another story. Yes. Yeah. And um, so you start off, you tell about how um, you, Athena and Ross came to be a husband and wife. Um, you had knew, had known each other previously. And uh, I, when I read it, I thought, well, that's the hand of God. That's the hand of God moving things around and getting, getting you two in position so that he could do his work in you as a married couple and then through you to the people that you're ministering to. And, and so could, could you maybe, as we get started, tell us a little bit about that? Well, um, I actually uh, ended up going to the summit when I um, pretty much escaped a very um, toxic, uh, you would call it a cult, but it was spiritual abuse that I went through for almost 13 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, so just going to, I mean, it took me a while to even want to step back into a church again. And so then when I did and was invited to go to the summit, um, it was just like rediscovering my faith all over again. And to be in that place where he was preaching and I knew I met his wife and we had lots of great discussions and I would sit there in, sorry, we're in our bookstore. So we've got lots of stuff going on around us. Um, <laughs> but uh, just being um, in a place where I could hear the word preached and there not be manipulation, scriptures out of context, different uh, things that just tried to control what people thought or the narrative. I mean, none of that was there. And uh, about three months in, his late wife said to me, she didn't even know she was sick. And she said to me, I told Ross, if anything ever happens to me, he needs to marry you. Wait, I always have to throw in that's not why I married her because my late wife told me to, but it was a good suggestion. Yeah. But I, yeah. I would, I would, when she said that to me, it just kind of, you know, you can't, you can't make that stuff up. It's that's like, right. well, where did that come from? Because I used to sit there and go, boy, God, can you give me somebody like that? Because he loves his wife. He's not a flirt. He's a, he loves you. He's very humble. Can I have someone like that? Yes. And then she said that. Yes. Amen. Amen. And Ross, your story uh, really, um, again, you knew Athena already. Previously, she attended uh, the Summit Church. And um, you found out that she was moving back to Washington State from Texas. Yeah. <clears throat> when she left, and I had known her while she was in the cult. I mean, I I'd watched because she's a very big personality in a small town and and i i saw her and i thought she was uh, an interesting person caught in a strange situation mm -hmm. but then she left and then i got a, 
uh, received a call from Texas on a Friday afternoon and this guy introduced himself and he said he was with a missions organization and that Athena Dean was one of his missionaries and she was moving back to Edomclaw, which took me back and said, would I be willing to uh, shepherd her in this mission organization? And I had been uh, widowed about four months mm -hmm. and uh, and I had already decided I was gonna get married again. I just didn't know who I would find, but I didn't like being single at all. And so I thought, well, I wonder what this means. <laughs> and then not too long after that, she called me on the phone. Or we, we texted first and we were in contact. She said she was coming and I told her to call me because I had evenings free and I had lots of time. And lo and behold, she called me. And on that phone call for the first time in over 50 years, I became a flirt. He wasn't a flirt before. No, but. I had not flirted with a woman in over 50 years, but I, 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 I was um, divinely inspired. <laughs> yeah. And and then I, she asked if I would pick her up at the airport. And I, when I picked her up at the airport, uh, I, I looked at her and I thought, that's it. And there was something, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't always shout in your ears. Sometimes it's a very quiet. And I thought, that's it. If she'll marry me, that's the one I'm gonna I'm gonna have, and um, that's the way it worked out. Yes, Amen. And I I can certainly relate to that. I'll just give a little sidebar. Uh, when I got out of the service back in the '70s and and came home um, and walked into a place where my wife Kathy was at, uh, I probably shouldn't tell this story because it makes me look like I'm something. But that that's not the point of the story. It's to affirm what what you're saying in your story. She told the, her friend, her girlfriend she was with, she says, I'm going to marry that man one day. And of course, you know, table talk and three years later, it came to pass. Yeah. 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 So God, God does that. I know for a fact he does that. And Athena, you say in the book also that when that when you saw Ross, when you returned, you knew that he was the one for you. I did because I just I mean. I had said, okay, God, I don't want to go do the dating thing, do the, uh, you know, online thing. I need to know that you're bringing them and you're, you're doing this. Yes. And uh, because I am such a doer and I get, get it done kind of repenting type a, I didn't want to be the one that made this thing happen. I, I had to see that it was his hand and it, it was just, I mean, I look back now and I just go, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, as they say, hindsight's 2020, right? It's a, it's a lot easier to look back and say, oh, yeah, I see what you were doing there. But although, although, Mike, it was easy to see at the time because circumstances were such, you know, I have counseled, seems like dozens of, of families where there was a remarriage and the, the kids didn't accept it. But my late wife had gone to my kids in her last days and said, uh, Papa can't take care of himself. He's going to need a wife. And um, he, she mentioned Athena <laughs> to them. And they wow. all knew Athena and liked Athena. And uh, I had a boat uh, that was named Athena uh, long <laughs> before I knew her. And uh, so all the, the things were falling together. And it, so even at the time, it looked, it looked very much like the hand of God. And it is true, looking back, you can affirm it. 
Yes. And we walk by faith and sometimes doors open and that was a door that opened. And uh, yes. it's been nine years and we haven't thought yet. We've well, had some lively discussions, but uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's a good, that's a good stretch. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for sure. So um, did, did you sense then almost from the beginning um, God was bringing this together and, and if he's doing that, he's doing it for a purpose, hence together for a purpose. Um, and, and did, did you see it start to unfold? I don't, I mean, there were little bits and pieces that I began to see because I was busy starting, restarting my publishing company and he was busy pastoring. So we didn't do a whole lot of things together. I mean, I either joined him in things that were happening at the church or he once in a while would come with me to a writer's conference that I was teaching at. But there wasn't a lot of ministry that we as a couple were doing together early on. But I thought it was interesting that a couple, maybe three years in, I happened to see um, kind of a security question for one of his online accounts. And the question, was, you know, the, the prompt was dream job. And his, his answer for that, and it was for like 10 or 15 years that he'd had that in there, maybe longer, yeah. said writer. And he marries a publisher. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and the truth is, as we were writing the book, more and more of it was developing. And and Mm -hmm. that was sort of the wonder and the fun of the book was to see how things had developed and how they were developing. And so we're still a work in progress. And um, we're not we're not youngsters anymore, but good health and God willing, we still got a number of years to go and finding what do we do? And that's part of what the book is about for for people who wonder, is it too late? Uh, Have I gone too far? Have I married the wrong person or what else? That God's grace is big and and he does have a plan. Now, he may have multiple plans based on how we respond. I'm I'm not sure about that yet, but he does want us... uh, to proclaim him and to, and to bring glory to him in all that we do, especially our marriages. Mm-hmm. And so while she hasn't been real active in you know ministry in the, the church that I have been pastoring, um, we have been doing projects together, writing projects mm-hmm. such as this and uh, speaking engagements together and, and wanting to see how God is going to develop this. I, as you saw in the book where our church is merging. And so I'm stepping back from the senior uh, pastorate and into a teaching position, which is a transition I wasn't wholly prepared for. But uh, it leaves a lot of interesting doors and we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're watching. Well, you have an interesting perspective too, um, born out of experience. If I if I recall accurately, um, you were 17 and Kathy was 18. Yep. Uh, when when you married, and um, that presents so 49 years, almost 50 years with someone, um, and then marry again in your 60s. Uh, what expectations, if any, did you have entering into to your marriage with with Athena? 
Well, what I knew, having been a counselor for so many years, pastoral counselor, I knew that there's no replacing someone that you love. There, That's when, right. when somebody steps into the arms of Jesus, you, you don't quit loving them. You don't forget. The memories don't go away. So I was not about replacing uh, Kathy. It was just as when you have multiple children, you know, you love them all. And, and, and actually, Athena and Kathy are a great deal alike. And they're both very strong-willed, both highly intelligent, smarter than me, both outspoken and willing to take me on in a minute. Uh, and so my oldest son asked me if the second time I round, I couldn't find a more passive type. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I seem to be drawn to that. And, and we, we enjoy that. And strong opinions, but, but quick to say, okay, let's talk. And, and quick to make appropriate compromises. And yes. to have a repentant heart because I can be quick to have an opinion and then the Lord can whisper to me like, uh, what are you thinking there? Yeah. And go back and just say, you know what? That was out of line. That was wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And that's, I think, the whole idea that we've kind of worked through in, uh, you know, a marriage at this stage of life where there's not a lot to fight over that's worth fighting over. Yes. And, but boy, being, um, having that perspective of being willing to humble ourselves, wanting to uh, always praying in the morning, praying in the evening before we go to sleep, yeah. you can't hold a grudge and an offense if you're consistently praying together. That's right. Amen. Yep. Yeah. I have found that to be true in my own life and I, I counsel others in that direction. Yeah. Um, so if I, if I recall, um, Ross, your family was on board. Yep. And, and Athena, yours, not so much. Well, after my, uh, 13, almost 13 years of, uh, you know, being under the authority of a very domineering, um, couple, that use scripture out of context to shame and shun and manipulate and control. Mm -hmm. um, their kind of agenda was any of my family members that didn't, you know, agree with their doctrine, they figured out a way to um, make sure we cut ties and mm -hmm. using scripture out of context. Yeah. And so when I, you know, told my boys, okay, I, I, I'm going to get married and I told them who he was. They're like, can, can you just like marry a Christian? Does it have to be a pastor? <laughs> yeah. well, they came around, but yeah. it yeah. was hard. Yeah. Well, fair. it's, you know, that's a, that's a fair opinion to have based on what, what they saw you go through and they exactly yeah. loving you didn't want to see that again. That's for sure. Um, Stepping in, uh, you know, the pastor's wife is one of the most difficult roles yes. that we know of. Yep. Stepping into it in, in advanced years is, is it can be a difficult thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Athena, of course, being the outgoing personality that she is, and um, uh, so mission and missionary minded, it, it wasn't a big jump for her to do. But now having a full-time business, and that was the biggest difference. My my late wife was stay at home, and everything was centered around me. 
which I thoroughly enjoyed. It was my days off. It was my vacation. It was whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, anytime I'm going to do something, I have to check with Athena and three of her assistants. <laughs> That's a big adjustment, isn't it, Ross? It is, yes. And, that, and I'm not sure I always get the right assistant. It, it, can she go? Can she go play tonight? Yeah. yeah. Well, you also you talk about uh, taking sabbatical and um, Athena says, well, I, I, I'll have this week and maybe a couple of days in, in this week. But the rest of the month is already booked. <laughs> that, that's pretty much true. Um, yeah. 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 That that I have to admit that made me laugh when I read that. So, so what other hurdles, uh, marrying late in life, uh, talking about surprises, uh, hurdles, things that maybe you didn't anticipate. Uh, one of them was, uh, the, the response of the church. Yeah. That's what I was going to jump in on. That was the one that surprised me, although I shouldn't have been, if I'd have paid more attention, it's not that uncommon when a pastor remarries that people are unhappy with that. Some, assume that he's supposed to wait five years. And, you know, when you're 68 years old, you don't know if you have five years. That's right. So we had people who, who left and I, I went to them and I said, was it a sin issue? Is it something that I need to repent of? Well, no, we just, we just don't think it's good for you and, and not good for your family. Although my family was aboard a hundred percent. And I said, well, I can't, I can't make my life decisions based on what satisfies you that we've been praying about it. God has given his blessing. My family have all given their blessing. Even my grandsons had given their blessing. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, if, if you have to go, you have to go. And so we lost uh, about a third of our congregation. Well, and, wow. and one of the things there that I sensed, but didn't really have proof for until I had a conversation toward the end of the Exodus, so to speak, um, I just kept feeling like, okay, it's the wives that feel threatened. Like they're, they think they're going to be replaced by their husband. Like this is a bad example for mm -hmm. Ross to have as their pastor. And I just felt like that was what was going on, but I couldn't, I didn't have any proof of that until one of the gals in the church said, uh, she, he, she was an elder's wife. And she said, I started feeling very offended and really kind of, we, we were talking about maybe exiting. And she said, but then all of a sudden I realized that I was feeling threatened. I was feeling insecure that Tommy would do the same thing to me if, if, uh, if I died. And she said, I didn't like that. And she mm -hmm. said, and once I saw that, I realized, okay, this is like the enemy trying to lie to me. And she, when she realized that and repented, she said they didn't want to leave anymore. And the backstory to that was about about six weeks before Kathy died, we were we were talking and she said, so what are you going to do? I said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll probably stay single and, and, and just dote on the kids. And she says, why? Didn't you like being married? <laughs> I said, I've been married for 49 years. Yeah, I like being married. She said, well, I read the books and the books say that if a man likes being married, he wants to get married again. And she said, I want you to get married again. Mm -hmm. I, I want you to, to have somebody companionship. She said, I know how important companionship is to you. And I, I, I'm going to be with Jesus. I, it won't matter to me. I want you to, to be happy. And, and uh, that's probably the ultimate expression of love. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
you talk about um, God not wanting us um, to get too comfortable. I'll put it that way, too comfortable in, in life. And boy, that resume resonated with me too. Um, but why doesn't God want you to get comfortable? <laughs> yeah. Well, because it leads to complacency mm-hmm. and, and apathy. And that those are the two biggest obstacles to evangelism and discipleship. Mm-hmm. This is good enough. I've come far enough. I, you know, I, I'm satisfied. Now, the Bible says we're supposed to be satisfied and content with what we have, but that does not mean we're supposed to, you know, sit down and, and, and give up at any age, whether we're 80 or, or whatever. There's always something that we can do, some part of the kingdom. We've all been given spiritual gifts, according to Paul, and those gifts are to be used for the body of Christ. Yes. So getting too comfortable and I like being comfortable. I really do. But I know the same thing. When I get comfortable, I get sleepy and, and I'm not paying attention. When there's a little bit of a of a problem or some sort of an issue, it brings me alert. Not that I like it, but then I say, okay, uh, now I've, I've got to go to God because I don't know how to solve this. And the comfort thing, I think, it's so easy for us to want, we want comfort food, we want our blankie, we want the fireplace on, we want, you know, all the creature comforts. And it really does dull our senses, I think. And, you know, yes, Jesus comforts us, but that kind of comfort that he gives us is super different from worldly comfort. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Yeah. Many conversations I've had over the years with people um, that learned not to get too comfortable because it does lead to complacency yeah. Yeah. and it does lead to a, um, a desensitizing of, of an ability to hear the, the, the voice of the Lord. And uh, we, we quite possibly could miss assignments because, well, we like where we're at right now in life. I don't want to upset things too much. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And often he has to bring something extra uncomfortable in order to move us off the spot. Yes. Yep. So true. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That causes you to have to deal with that. And in the process of dealing with that, you got to trust him. Yeah. yeah. That's what he wants you to do anyway. Yeah. So, and that's where, that's where I find having a, a, a godly wife or she having a godly husband we prompt each other, and and I think that's part of our daily prayer life. Is and and she'll sometimes in prayer she'll 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 uh, mention something that she thinks I should do. <laughs> I, think I do that and yesterday, <laughs> but it, that's what we're here for. You know, we're not we're not here to make each other happy. We're here to inspire and to encourage and to challenge mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe that's why I I, am so enthralled with strong-willed, intelligent, outspoken women is because if they're not, they won't move me. And so um, I've seen lightning strike twice and uh, I'm I'm, I'm glad I've I've always enjoyed, no, not true. I've always appreciated being nudged and pushed when I needed to, I haven't always enjoyed it. And, uh, (laughs) and, And Athena, uh, sometimes I have to I have to say, 
Maybe you could put that in two parts, one part today and one part tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. Amen. Amen. You say in your book that you believe bringing people together um, in a marriage is highly problematic. What do you mean by that? Why is it problematic? Well, we both have our like our baggage. I was going to say luggage. Baggage <laughs> is more like it. We both have our baggage. You know, we both have our perspectives and the things that we've gone through that can still affect how we perceive comments or decisions or I mean, I found myself after 13 years of spiritual abuse kind of automatically going to assuming the worst about mm -hmm. situations mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. oh, they don't want to talk to me. They don't like me. He's mad at me. You know, just but I, I wasn't like that before. And so when you think about what you're bringing in to you, you have to process through those things together and, and ask. I mean, I am always begging God to show me, okay, help me not to lie to myself. I think David prayed that in the Psalms mm -hmm. and help me to see and be willing to own my part of a, you know, anything that's kind of creating friction at all. Yeah. And that's right. And people for 40 years, 45 years, people have said, aren't you surprised at the divorce rate. I'm not. I'm surprised how many marriages stay together. You've got personalities, you've got likes and dislikes, you've got ethnicity, you've got familial issues, uh, you've got finances, you've got expectations. That's why I'm so firmly committed to the Christian family, because I, it's not a guarantee because we don't all listen to Christ when he's speaking or the Holy Spirit. But when we have that extra support if we'll listen to him i you know i i was married for 49 years and people will say wow how is that done well it's done by grace yes and, and it's done by, by by god showing us especially showing me when i was boneheaded and uncaring and uh the things that men have a tendency to fall into at times being career focused and ignoring the family but by god's prompting and by being working hard to, to listen to the spirit and we're still doing that that's why we pray twice a day together uh to because we don't want to miss like you said you can miss ministries you can miss opportunities you can miss open doors mm -hmm. and with two sets of eyes and two sets of ears two hearts and one spirit we have a better chance yes amen another um thing that popped in my mind when you asked that question was just the um you know when you uh bring blend to families of adult children yeah. um you know we've got uh the one that we talk about in the book ross's youngest son who struggles with bipolar and i'd never been around any of that that i knew of mm -hmm. there were probably some people in my life that did struggle with mental health issues but i they weren't diagnosed nobody talked about it back then and so for me to come into something like that that is so different and i had i mean i didn't know what i didn't know but there were times where i thought i knew <laughs> you know well this needs some accountability and you <laughs> need to do this and you tough, need to do that tough love, tough love right yeah so 
it's very humbling experience to walk into something like that where you really don't know and learning just learning together all those different things that come with families are messy mm -hmm. yes yeah well, that's a that's a good segue into a, the the next thought the next question is um what role does does compromise play in in marriage relationships and and folks that have joined us today don't see that as a dirty word because it is no, it isn't it isn't a dirty word so it's actually showing honor to your spouse yeah yeah well being first of all as a christian we're supposed to put our desires our needs behind first of all his plan and then according to jesus we're supposed to love other people like that mm -hmm. and when we're hard-hearted we don't compromise when we're flexible it doesn't mean that we're supposed to be walked on or have the right to walk on anybody else but when we listen carefully and say well you may have a point i don't like it but that may be a good point mm -hmm. uh, then, then we have we have a possibility we can discuss which is why we don't fight because we discuss and uh, again sometimes they get lively which is perfectly okay. And we don't have to agree, certainly, on everything. Uh, just being male and female is gonna negate a certain amount of that. But uh, transparency and compromise. Well, and compromise, I know from my background, I, you know, I used to listen to Keith Green and no compromise, you know, so yeah. compromise can have another yeah. connotation. But when you're, working through family things and learning how to live together and learning how to um, honor one another and and kind of let go of what, you know, I don't want this hassle. I mean, there are some times where I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to do this, but yeah. I'm going to anyway, because I love you. And it could be going to a family function or it could be doing something that just it could I be would... doing something at the church. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Yep. That has happened. Where I'm like, I don't really want to do this, but yeah. yep. Yep. Well, I know of that which you speak. And you just have to overcome that sometimes. Yep. <laughs> um, chapter eight, you titled, What Am I Here For? And uh, so you're you're talking about purpose, and how does um, how does understanding our purpose as a couple help us in in uh, planning our actions? Well, I think when we intentionally decide, okay, we're going to do. God's given us this door to walk through. We have this opportunity to do something. And so let's intentionally plan that and move toward that in faith. If we feel like he's orchestrating, then just really asking for his wisdom, asking for his help in order for us to accomplish, even though we don't see very many steps down the road. We're not sure where it's really going to take us, but we feel like, okay, we know we have these different things he's got us doing together right now and where that's going to lead. I don't know, but just being uh, faithful with what he's given us and that 
the things that he has shown us that he wants us to work on together, projects together and different ministry opportunities together. And there are seasons in life, obviously. And, and you know, what is the, the primary purpose of man is to bring glory to God. So all followers of Jesus have that in common. And then it breaks down at one point of your life, you're raising children, little children. Another point in your life, you're you're dealing with adult children, which is a whole different uh, kettle of fish. Mm-hmm. And, and and then at one point you're dealing with career, and the next point you're dealing with transitioning out of career. Uh, so there's all these these different seasons, and each season has a a, a secondary purpose purpose to serving God. So it all fits under how do I serve God as a 75-year-old man? I can't do the same things I did when I was 30. I wouldn't want to start a church again. I, I pastored one, the same one for 37 years. I wouldn't want to do that again. I don't have the energy for that. But there's still things I can do. I have, I have learned a few things in 75 years. Um, and, 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 and I think God wants me to say, okay, tell the good things. And then tell the stupid things you did and tell how you repented. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure somebody was encouraged by that. <laughs> yeah, because one of the one of the most powerful things we can do is give personal testimonies. It isn't just something in the abstract, but let me give you an example from my own life. Yeah. Well, you mentioned some of the things that you learned along the way and some of the habits that actually motivate your marriage. Uh, could you touch on some of those? Well, I think the um, the praying together uh, in the morning, first thing, at, well, it's not all, it's always right before we go to bed. It's not always first thing, just because sometimes we get up at different times. Yeah. So we, but we make that point to give God the day and ask him to lead us and guide us and not give him a laundry list of what we want from him, but just offering ourselves to him. And every so often I mention something Ross needs to do, <laughs> but then, you know, having... I have this list. <laughs> so the prayer thing I think is really has been a game changer for us. Now I, I don't, because we started early on, I don't know what it was, would have been like without that. I do. But another thing that we try and do is we make contact multiple times during the day. Uh, mm, so that yeah. if something's going on and often I will, I will send her a, or I will try and call her and it'll go to answer answering machine. And I know that she's busy. And so I'll send a text. Well, I'm praying for your day. Hope your day is well. And she does the same thing uh, for me, although my phone is almost always on. on. <laughs> yeah. And um <laughs> But that that being aware of each other and 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 trying I, when I, I'm, I'm dealing with family situations or church situations, trying to be aware of how that affects her. What what are the ramifications of this and, and, and what are the implications? We heard Sunday at a very good sermon about implications and what are the implications of what you're doing and, and, and what's being done to you? And I, I think that's one of the habits that we have is we're in a regular. And even when, and she travels a lot, which is a, a quick side note, uh, Mike, you know this, every pastor wants to be a conference speaker. Uh, hardly anybody asks me. She gets them three times a week. So, <laughs> so she's gone a lot. 
and not a lot, but many times. And so when she's gone, we try and make contact a couple of times a day to see if there's anything that I can pray for or anything that's that is a stress. And sometimes it's just a quick text. Blessings on your day. I hope it's it's going well. Yeah. It's a sense of connection, I think. Yeah. Yes. And I have to say that being somewhat of a workaholic, of continually repenting for that and having to remind myself, okay, I need to take a Sabbath. I need to, I just, I can, okay, I can finish this task and just take a few moments and check in where you, earlier in my life, I wasn't very good at that. Yeah. And so it has been, um, he's been a good teacher for me to show me how to do that. And so I've learned how to, you know, kind of be aware and, you know, I could get, when you own a company and you've always got fires that you're putting out and you've always got meetings and you've got all the things, mm -hmm. it's hard to think, whatever's in front of my face is what is on my mind. And so it takes. So sometimes it, I have to be in front of her face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up our time together, Ross and Athena, I'm wondering if you could share some advice. What what advice can you offer to those um, that are perhaps heading into marriage about how to keep God at the center of their relationship? Well, okay. I want to start with um, don't ignore red flags. Mm. Because I can't tell you how many times I've heard of friends of mine that have found somebody online and, you know, just ignored lots of red flags and then ended up in, in not a good situation. Yes. And so sometimes as Christians, we just like, oh, they're not really controlling or they're not really angry. That was, you know, we talk ourselves out of what we're seeing because we want to be forgiving and we want to extend grace, but we need to, especially women, I think probably are the bigger um, ones that tend to not see the red flags or ignore them. I, and I can say that because I've done that. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, I think, getting other people's advice who know you, you know, vet that person, make, because there's so many um, people out there that are preying on older women who want a husband and they have figured out their, their easy marks. And so that's my, I mean, I'm sure you were going to go a different direction, but I think it's important. Well, so, somewhat the same. I was thinking of younger couples because I do a lot of premarital counseling or used to. And, and you, you talked about confronting. And I think the idea of confronting in love, not confronting in anger, not confronting in, in self-satisfaction, but being willing for a husband or a wife to confront their spouse in a loving way when they see something that needs to be changed. Now, you're not going to do that if you're not praying together, I think. And I, and I also think, you know, it's the same we, we've heard a thousand times. We need to pray and we need to read the Bible. And, and so couples that spend even 10 minutes in the morning uh, reading a bit of scripture. I know lots of times Athena will will read something out of a, 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 some sort of a commentary or a, 
devotional. a devotional that she's looking at or I'll, I'll read her something or I'll, a lyrics of a song, a Christian song will come and, and we'll encourage each other by the words of God. Yes. And um, if you have that kind of a foundation, you can endure a whole bunch of trouble. Mm -hmm. Amen. And that morning, I mean, I, I try best I can when I can to tithe the first hour of my day and have that quiet time and get in the scripture and don't just look at the verse of the day on you version, but like, look before, look after, look, you know, really actually let the word just um, sink into my heart and see how it applies to my life now. Like, how can I actually do something with that now to change maybe selfish ways that I am blind to. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, we've been speaking with Dr. Ross and Athena Dean Holtz. The book is Together for a Purpose, Love and Mission in Marriage and Ministry. Uh, togetherforapurpose.com. Is that the website? Yep. Yes. Togetherforapurpose.com. Click there to get your copy. <laughs> well, Ross and Athena, thank you so much for joining me today here on WCN TV. It's, Thanks, Mike. It's been a delight. It has. Very welcome. I've enjoyed it myself. God's That's all we have, folks. We'll see you next week here on WCN TV. Please share this episode with your friends. God bless you guys. Love Bye. You.